and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Jordan Fichter, our City Group's Director at Providence Church. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples to live all of life with the presence of God, and we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're discussing City Groups. Hey everyone, welcome back. Jordan, second time in the same week. (laughs) I know, we're recording this kind of back to back. I know, we really are. How does it feel to be back on the podcast for a second time? Oh, it's great. We got the ambiance in here once again. And yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Jordan's actually part of our building design team. So I'm going to need your help in finding another lamp for this place because. Oh, we definitely can do a lamp, maybe a nice little bookshelf get some things on the walls love i think that's great you need a homie in here (laughs) yeah exactly i know especially when you have guests on because you want it to be comfortable totally but jordan can you quickly share a little bit about yourself for people that didn't join in on the episode last week and can you also include how god called you into ministry yeah so i'm jordan and i am married to austin we've got a little gal caroline and we just really enjoy sports hanging out with friends right now we're in the middle of a kitchen renovation um but yeah that's a little about me i've been in ministry now for just over seven years oh my word and um it's really a total god thing how i ended up in ministry um i would say it started with i came from a church in college that loved college students cared about the discipleship of college students um and that was just something that i had on my heart so there was an opportunity to be um, a college ministry intern at another church here in omaha got to do that for a year and it just so happened that andrew rutten was the director of that college ministry and was going to plant a church and he asked if austin and i would come I said yes, not really knowing if I would have a job or not, Mm -hmm. um, but got to help found and launch PC3, our college ministry, and then switched over to city groups um, almost four years ago now. Wow, that's cool. And something that you all might not know about Jordan, your undergrad was in teaching, right? Yep, elementary education. Yeah, I was just talking to my husband about that last night, and he was like, wait, what? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not using my expensive piece of paper. (laughs) at the moment with my degree. Um, But when I started in college ministry, I used to joke that it was kind of like teaching second graders sometimes. So I used some of those skills quite a bit when I first started in ministry. Oh, for sure. And if you do decide to homeschool Caroline or Mm -hmm. anything like that, Mm -hmm. that will come in handy like crazy. Yeah. And God's truly gifted you with teaching. And I feel like you get to use a lot of teaching Mm -hmm. in city groups. Totally. So, okay, Jordan, give us a little intro into city groups. The reality is at our church right now, there are quite a few people in city groups, but then there are also quite a few people that are new that might Mm -hmm. not know even what city groups are. So can you just give us some behind the scenes? Why did we create city groups at Providence and what's the vision for them? Yeah. So I'll start with kind of why we decided to create them. And I feel like it's helpful to chat through kind of three different things. One is a theological reason for city groups Two, a philosophical reason for city groups. And then three, just a really practical reason for city groups. So I love it. Look at you and your teaching. Here we go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So like I said, we see in scripture just theological reasoning for why um, something like city groups matter. And I specifically specifically think of two different passages um, that I'll read, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. So the first one is John 13, 
34 through 35. This is Jesus talking, and he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The second passage is a little bit longer. It's in Acts. It's talking about the early church. Acts 2, 42 through 47 says, And they, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. First, I just see both of these passages end by saying, by this, all people will know who I am and that you are my disciples in that John passage. Um, and then at the end of Acts, it says, and the Lord added to their numbers daily. And mm-hmm. so Jesus basically tells us one of the most winsome ways that we can tell the world about him and that we belong to him is by the way we, as believers, we love one another. We care for one another. We pray for one another. Um, and in fact, one of the primary purposes of Christian community is to show the lost what the love of Christ looks like, That's right? Good. Like yeah. as I sacrificially love and care for you, that reflects the heart of Jesus, Mm -hmm. how he sacrificially loves and cares for us. And so we just see in scripture that when we one another, when we are actually in community and spending time together, we're breaking bread, we're having meals, we're going to church together, it reflects the community and the love of Christ with us Mm -hmm. as believers. And so the theological reason being that we can share the love of Christ by being believers together. And there's different ways you can say that. You can talk about being like the aroma of Christ. You can talk about this idea of like living a questionable life. So basically, why is Raven so sacrificially caring for me? I barely know her. Mm. Well, it's the love of Christ that you've experienced coming through you and embodying your life with that. And it's from that, that people can actually become Christians. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like when I'm thinking about my friends who have given their lives to Christ, it really is a result of understanding and interacting with that love that they feel by other believers and having those Mm -hmm. conversations. Not very often do I find that I bring someone on a Sunday morning and they choose to put their faith in Christ then and there. It's like a long relational pursuit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of that theological reason. There's also a philosophical reason. And what I mean by that is like our philosophy of ministry basically means why we do what we do. And so the philosophy of ministry in this particular instance is the application of our theological convictions. So it's basically, okay, we have this conviction of we're to love one another. And from that, people will get to experience the love of Christ. But how do we do that? Or kind of how does that flesh out in ministry? And so generally speaking, the American culture we live in, and I've experienced this, especially in Omaha, we're consumed with things like individualism, materialism, consumerism. So the 
the practical way to combat those is to try to model and live out the opposite. So instead of individualism, we do life in community. Instead of materialism, we live super generously. Instead of consumerism, it's how do I self-feed? How do I become a learner and how do I grow? And in order for the church to be effective in discipling the people whom God has entrusted to us, er, like the people on a Sunday morning, the people who are coming around and attending, um, we need to have a response to that worldview. Mm-hmm. And so we can't expect to confront idolatry on a deep level um, if our systems continue to reinforce consumerism, kind of oh, like I said. That's good. And then the practices of city groups, they present this um, compelling alternative, right? That calls people out of the norm, out of those things like consumerism, materialism into one, what they were designed for in like God's intent for his just people in general, but then two, how they can just like flourish and live life with one another. Yeah, that's good. I know I have the privilege of leading a city group with my husband. And as you're saying all of these things, it is cool because we're experiencing experiencing that daily. And it's something that we do want other people to experience as well, because we believe Christ has designed us for that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And then the last thing being just a really practical reason is like you said, there are people coming on Sundays and we've seen growth in that way, but realistically and practically, like we have to go be the church outside of these walls. And we want to be in unique neighborhoods and networks of people around our city. And if we want to engage the entire city with the gospel of Christ, we have to take the church to them. And so Mm -hmm. that's why we have city groups outside of Sunday mornings that are meeting in homes all over the city with just all different kinds of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, as we've grown, we just have a burden at Providence that we would shepherd and care for the people mm-hmm. that come here um, on just like a deep soul level. We want to know you and we want to care for you. And the reality is when there's 450 people in the room on a Sunday, mm-hmm. our elders, our staff, our leaders, we can only know so many people and engage with so many people. And so city groups is just a really practical way that we can actually know you, love you, care for you mm-hmm. and serve you. That's good. Okay. I have a question from all that. Mm-hmm. When you are thinking about city groups, when I think about city groups, or even when we were talking about the one anothering and how that really does show the love of Christ, mm-hmm. are city groups primarily made up of Christians or are they also for non-Christians and people that don't attend Providence? Yeah, both and, right? Like it's for the believer who wants to be formed spiritually um, deepen their relationship with Christ, their relationship with other believers, but also for the unbeliever who's kind of like, hey, I don't know what a relationship with Jesus looks like, but I think this person's living one. Let me get around them and let's just kind of see what this is about. Yeah. Everyone has a different background, I feel like, for city groups, small groups. And I think in the past, I used to see it more as, okay, we are this group of believers, we learn about God, we dig into our Bibles, and then we go out and share the gospel with people. Mm -hmm. But not really the idea of inviting them into our city group, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. I always thought about them as separate. Right, which I think just Christian culture in general probably is similar in that. Like the idea of like a Bible study. Um, Hey, we're 
we're coming and I've got to know X, Y, Z. I've got to have some kind of background knowledge. We want city groups to be a lot more accessible and tangible for the non-believer to where they don't feel like, okay, well, I didn't grow up in Sunday school. I don't know any of the answers. This probably isn't the place for me. Do we study our Bibles in city groups? Absolutely. But we want to do it in a way that is like, just palatable for the non-believer too. Mm. Okay, yeah. Can you give us the structure of a city group night? And also probably what would be helpful is the overall vision, which you're mm-hmm. kind of touching on in making it accessible to non-believers. Totally, yeah. So we say kind of the tagline of city groups are families on mission. Um, and the longer part of that is a city group is a family on mission that demonstrates the kingdom tangibly and t- declares the gospel of Jesus Christ creatively. Hmm. So I'll say that again. A family on mission that demonstrates the kingdom tangibly and declares the gospel of Jesus Christ creatively. What I mean by family is we want another, like we talked about, we Mm -hmm. care for one another, we serve for one another, we pray for one another. We actually know one another like family, and we're on a mission together collectively to make and send disciples like Jesus has asked us to do, and we want to invite people into a redeeming and saving faith like we've experienced. Mm -hmm. We demonstrate that by looking for opportunities to meet felt and real needs um, amongst our family members in the city group, but also amongst our neighbors, amongst our coworkers, our friends, our non-believing family. And we seek to be a blessing to each other to demonstrate the reality of Christ's new kingdom to one another. We spend time with one another care for one another, all these one another's I talk about all the time because they really are, one, commandments of God, but two, the demonstration of the love of Christ to each other and to non-believers. So that's kind of that demonstrate piece. The declare piece is just quite simply, we tell people about Jesus. We make it clear, like, the reason I'm able to love the way I do and to serve the way I do is because I've been loved greatly and served tremendously. Mm -hmm. And we declare that. We tell people that. And so when the neighbor says, guys, why are you out here shoveling snow? It's 10 degrees outside. We say, honestly, we've just been like really cared for and loved. And so we want to really care for and love others. Yeah, I feel like what's fun about this is as you're saying it, I personally have experienced the change of a city group as a missional community. I was involved in Bible studies all growing up and there's no knock on Bible studies. It's just Not at all. different mm-hmm. than a missional community. Right. And in those Bible studies, I wanted to go learn about Jesus, but I didn't want to hang out with them. Whenever Mm -hmm. there was a fun night, which if my old Bible study leaders are listening to this, no knock on you guys. Like I just wasn't It wasn't what it was intended for. Right, totally. And so I just wouldn't go and I would skip because I'm like, man, I just want to hear about Jesus and that's it. What's been interesting about the family on mission model is that it really is a lot of connecting with one another with the overall aim and goal to be a family that does go out and proclaim Christ. And Mm -hmm. so you are expected to be in your Bible on your own. You don't just use city group as a replacement for that time with Jesus. You're also encouraged to be in a huddle, which is a gender specific group where you dig through scripture Mm -hmm. and confess sin. And I've just found so much freedom in that then from a family perspective, because all these people are coming into our group and because we're living with one vision and one mission for Christ, 
we actually feel like family. Mm -hmm. Like doing that together, going out, serving in the community, loving our neighbors together and collectively, it really does change your mindset on what a city group and a family should look like. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's different from city group to city group. You asked about what does a typical city group night look like? One thing that all city groups have in common is they all share a meal together. So that's how you start the night. You come and like we saw in Acts, they broke bread together. And so every city group is going to eat a meal together, whether that's like in the afternoon or if it meets weekly on an, on a weeknight, that's dinner together. Usually after that, there's some kind of content piece. Each group gets to decide what that is. I give freedom to the leaders to kind of know what does my group need in what season. And so some examples would be we've gone through um, a study called Gospel Centered Life. Um, my city group currently is going through the New City Catechism questions. Other city groups have done kind of units on like, hey, this is spiritual discipline. This is how to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, That content piece is different. But again, we want that to be accessible to the non-believers. So on any given week, someone new can come in and feel like, well, I didn't study chapters one and two. I'm kind of lost here. It's independent enough from night to night that you could like come in. And we want to keep it at somewhat of a basic level. So one city group I know, they do just open up the Bible and they read it, but they just ask, what stands out or what questions do we have about this? Hmm. What's something that we're wondering? What does this tell us about God? So it's still just really simple and obtainable that can help deepen the relationship of the believer and then maybe awaken some kind of relationship for the unbeliever. Hmm. That's cool. So that's kind of like any given weeknight. In addition, um, something that I say repeatedly is city groups are so much more than a once a week gathering. Mm. City group will encompass things like community nights or hangouts. What's the most recent one your city group has done, Ray? We went to a friend's going away party, which essentially that friend was in our city group. Mm -hmm. And so I have a mixed group. We have people who are in their 60s and people who are in their low 20s. And Mm -hmm. we were all together swimming in an apartment pool. Awesome. So but, it was it, fun. but it was more than just your Wednesday night, 630 to 830. Yeah. It was something like in addition to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what kind of those like hangouts or community nights are. I would encourage people to think about city group as when am I spending time with this family on mission? Mm-hmm. So if that is Caroline and Jackson's two year birthday party, to me, that's city group. Mm-hmm. If that is going to somebody's wedding and sitting at the table together as a city group, that's city group. Yeah. If that is shoveling someone's car out of the snow because they're stuck and they got to get to work, that's city group. So it's just, it's so much more than the weekly gathering. So you get a snapshot of what the like weeknight city group night looks like, but city group is so much more than that. Yeah. They become your friends. I mean, and your family. It's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, who are we going to invite now? Kellen and I are like, Oh, our city group. Mm-hmm. Those are our people. Yeah, totally. So with them becoming your family and your close friends, which that takes time. So if you're sitting here listening and you're thinking, it Oh does. my word, what? I mean, for me to be completely honest, it took a year for Kellen yeah. and I to really feel like This is our family. This is our group and our people. Mm -hmm. But for you, Jordan, what are some stories that stuck out from your own group that have impacted you personally? Yeah, it does take time because we're saying these are like deep and authentic and real relationships. And Mm -hmm. so I totally get that that can be daunting or intimidating, 
but it's worth the investment. And some of the ways that my group has created that family feel or impacted me personally, this past year has been pretty hard for Austin and I just with fertility and miscarriages and the support through the trials that my group has Mm -hmm. given us has been especially impactful and just building of that family feel, whether it's sending flowers, they did a meal train. I had um, gals from my city group babysit Mm -hmm. so that Austin and I could go on a date, just that support through trials, but then fun stuff too. Like my city group, we've done like quote unquote family vacations. (laughs) We've gone to Colorado twice together um, and just stayed in a cabin all together, skiing and hanging out, making life memories. We also have our like family traditions. Like we do a Friendsgiving around our ping pong table every year. (laughs) And we've just said, hey, this is what I love and appreciate about City Group. So we have those like fun things. And for me, that's especially cool because I have a really blended kind of family is all over. Like my blood family is just kind of scattered all around. And so for me, the idea that like family doesn't have to mean blood um, just kind of rings true in my life because that's how it's always been. But it's cool to then get to show Austin that who comes from a really different background. But like these people genuinely are like our brothers and sisters and their kids are like our nieces and nephews. And it really is like a family. So some of those fun things as well. But then just the challenging of my spiritual walk and the supportiveness of like, hey, Jord, what is the Lord teaching you? Mm-hmm. And like, how do you want to live that out? Yeah. Or, hey, what's something new about the character of God you're learning? And how is that landing? So it's the multitude of things, but those are some of the things that come to mind. Yeah, that's good. I love that because even as you're saying it, you know, I start to think about different things in our own group and it is true, the support during trials, but then also the fun memories that you get to make and mm-hmm. the family traditions. It really is unlike any other mm-hmm. experience, really. Yeah. What about for you and Kellen? What are things that like have impacted you this past oh year and a half that you've been leading? Yeah. I think for us, we are just humbled and in awe of the way that God has made our mixed group feel like family. Kellen was even asked by two of our group members who have a daughter that we know and we're friends with, but we're really close with her parents as well because they're in our group. Mm-hmm. And Kellen was asked to MC their daughter's wedding. It's yeah. So it's just fun things like that where Kellen goes, oh, this is really cool that I can do this for their daughter because... I know her and we're friends with her, but more than that, we're also really close with her parents and we feel like they're family. So that was just cool to have that be the case. And then I think too, what's been fun is just seeing people go out of their way to ask how people are doing, to follow up, to invite more and more people Mm -hmm. and just to care for one another has Mm -hmm. been huge. So it's been a huge blessing. Praise God. What is someone missing out on Jordan if they aren't in a city group at Providence? Being known by other people and especially in our culture of individualism, it's kind of an unnatural thing to be vulnerable and to say like, hey, here's who I am. But then also like, hey, I need help or hey, this is hard or I would love prayer support in this. And city groups are the primary way that we live out that core value of community at Providence. And so you're missing out on that. Um, I'd say in part, you're missing out on fully flourishing within the Providence family. Again, because that's such a big part of who we are at Providence, if you aren't a part of a city group, 
you're going to feel that disconnect and not because of any kind of like exclusivity. In fact, Mm -hmm. the opposite, like we want you to be in a city group, but if you don't take that step to join one, and again, we know be vulnerable and put yourself out there, you're going to feel disconnected and you're going to feel like, oh, am I actually a part of this family of Providence? And we really, really don't want that for you. But I'd also kind of reverse it. And you asked, what is someone missing out on if they aren't in a city group? But I'd probably say for the listener, like you not being a city in a city group means that we're missing out on you. Because especially for the believer, if you're a believer, you have spiritual gifts, you have the spirit of the living God inside you. And so like, we want to be around you and be blessed and gifted by your presence as well. And so we're missing out on you just as much as you're missing out on being a part of the family. Mm, I love that. And that is so true. And I just feel like Yeah, it's a blessing to have new people with new backgrounds and a deep love for the Lord Mm -hmm. in your group. Mm -hmm. Jordan, just to finish, if someone's listening to this and they're not in a group, how can they get involved? So find me on a Sunday. Would love to just chat more about it. You can visit the welcome table. We've got our connect cards there. Those make their way to me. If you mm-hmm. check the box how you're interested in a city group, you can email me jordan at providenceomaha.org or on the website under our connect tab, there's a whole page about city groups. Um, there's all the city groups listed there. There's mm-hmm. pictures, which are fun. There's kind of some vision videos again, but I'm sure Ray, you can link all of this in kind of the description. Yes, yes. And if you're interested, please do any of those things. You can also email formation at providenceomaha.org if you get confused or forget. But we just hope and pray that this is helpful for you as you are considering a city group. And for those that are already in a city group, we hope and pray that this is something that just reminds you of the way that God has blessed you with that group and the way that God is moving and working through his people. Thank you for joining us today. The goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Please like this, rate it, review it, share it so that it can get out to more people. If you have any questions, email us at formation at providenceomaha.org. We'll see you next week.